right, welcome back to another episode of Fast Break Live NBA Podcast. It's your boy Samuel here. I got Kev here. Kev, say what's up. Good night, good morning, and good afternoon. Yeah, we got Rico here. Rico, say what's up. Yo, what's good, y'all? All right, we got a lot to cover. We're going to talk about the, the Bucks series. We're going to talk about Clippers um, Nuggets. We're going to talk about Toronto versus Boston. And we're also going to talk about the Rockets versus Lakers, which is currently on TV as we are recording. So we won't be able to fully cover the game. But let's get into it. All right, what, do we, do we want to start with um, Jimmy Butler and the Heat versus the Bucks off rip? Or do we want to start with a different series? Let's start in the East. Start in the East? All right. All right, so the Bucks pulled out a win today, as we all know. Um, <laughs> very desperate, a very close win that they had to get. Um, Giannis was killing early on, as we all know. Then he suffered another ankle injury, um, giving off some heavy Steph vibes, some early career Steph vibes with the ankle injuries. Um, he actually wanted to play, but he couldn't land or jump on that ankle so they decide to keep him out yeah so who knows if he'll be able to he'll be available for game five but go ahead kev i mean you take away his ability to jump how's he gonna score yeah everybody likes to call him running jump man so you know you take away (laughs) one of those elements (laughs) like how those elements is over god forbid he shoots oh my gosh oh did did y'all see the picture of him uh Holding the basketball, looked like he's about to screw up a lid. <laughs> Your dad took me out, bro. He, he really cannot like his hands are too big for the basketball on like some Shaq stuff right there. Like, is that, I want to get why he can't shoot. Oh. Probably, and I want to get into the Shaq comparisons a little bit later. But um, the Bucks actually played a pretty good game without him today. For for once, um, yeah, the Heat, MVP. Yeah, I mean, let's not get ahead of ourselves. There's there's a lot of reasons that 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 played into this. Um, the Heat offense became kind of stagnant, and Jimmy Butler kind of noted to this in the post game. He was like, you know, we kind of like went against our culture of how we did th- how we do things. So he wasn't he wasn't really pleased on how they were playing. Um, Jimmy didn't have that great of a game either. Um, the Bucks guards, um, Bledsoe, um, West Matthews, and Dante Divincenzo did a pretty good job playing defense on him. So shout out to them. And DiVincenzo overall had a pretty good game. Um had 10 and 5 and he bothered Jimmy um on defense especially. Um unfortunately he didn't wasn't able to win the game at the end of the regulation with the free throws, but he did split them so But um DiVincenzo's always been this type of guy that's like always getting the hustle plays, always playing some good defense, always grabbing some offensive boards. So you know, good to see that um Budenholzer gave him some quality minutes in this game. Um, speaking of Budenholzer minutes, the Bucks had at least four guys that played 35 plus minutes, which is very shocking because we all know Budenholzer is the type of coach that likes to spread his minutes around and he likes to not cut his rotation short, which he should do in the playoffs. But um, yeah, Chris Middleton finished with like 48 minutes today as the game went into overtime. And you know he did his thing offensively. He was he was basically carrying the load. Um, scored twenty one points in the third quarter, uh, twenty two points in the third quarter, I think, or twenty one. It was. Um. And um, in overtime, he scored seven of their um nine of seven of their nine points before, um, I forgot who it was that hit 
some free throws or what it was. Hmm. But he had a majority of their points in um in overtime. So yeah, how are we feeling about this series so far, guys? Rico, you want to go first? Yeah, honestly, I feel like the Bucks should be thinking, God, they won one game because honestly, they were supposed to get swept. We being real, but uh, it's sad to see Giannis go down with the ankle injury. But as far as the series goes, this is definitely like a done deal. They're about to lose like next game, and that's just it for them, really. Chalk it up. Try again next season. Um. Wow. Crazy. Crazy enough. Earlier when we were talking, well, earlier podcast we had a little. You know, we we were saying who was who was the sleepers in this playoffs, and all of us said the right team, obviously because yeah, <laughs> we got we got the first seed, quote unquote, first seed getting bounced out by the same sleeper team that we we all thought, you know, had the opportunity to be the championship team. And they're playing like that championship team right now. They're they're in the conversation right now. So, you know, I'm proud of the I am proud of the Heat. Like I, I am proud. I as much as I did call them the sleeper team, the Heat, I did predict the Bucks to win the series. But yeah, um this has to be one of the most disappointing series I've seen in a while. Facts. And yeah. it's really crazy how bad the Bucks got exposed this series. Like, it's really crazy, especially being that during the season, you would thought, like, there was, like, the sweet team, finals bound with all the stats and all the, you know, pieces around Giannis and him being MVP and everything, them having a the best record in the NBA. Then they come against this Miami Heat team, and they won the game today. I don't. I don't know how. I guess because the, the Heat played bad. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna say the Heat beat the Heat, not the not the Bucks I, at this point, because the Bucks don't seem to know how to beat the Heat. Like the Bucks crazy. had to pull this one out, though. They had to pull this one out. Like this was like a real a tough. I mean, win, they managed to do, but at the same time, to me, it's a waste of time. Cause I'm saying I was at work watching the game. I'm like, yo, bro, the Bucks are just wasting their time winning that game. Cause they're gonna <laughs> sit there and lose next game, bro. Especially if Giannis don't play. I mean, I mean, at the same time, you never want to just give up. Don't get me wrong. True, true. You don't want to go. Give especially, up. you don't want to get swept either. Yeah, yeah. You definitely don't want to get swept. Cause then getting swept, that's a whole new coach. That's a whole new system and everything. So like, I, I realized that the team that got swept got rid of their coaches. You know. And um, speaking of coaching, a lot of people want to put this on Giannis. Fair enough. A lot of people also want to say Giannis didn't deserve um MVP, Defensive Player of the Year. I think those are regular season awards. Playoff performances have nothing to do with this. If you want to go back to as far back as 2007 when Dirk won his MVP, got beat as the as the one seed by the eight seed. I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, the MVP award, you know, it's getting tarnished, blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's a whole bunch of examples in the past of people winning awards and them falling short in the playoffs. So I feel like that has nothing to do with that. But um, going back to coaching, Budenholzer is getting totally outclassed by Eric Spolster. And we all know and, Eric Spolster but is But we like, expected that, a, though. Yeah. And Eric Spolster is like a top-level coach. He's one, he's top five coach in, in the league. We all know mm-hmm. this. But Budenholzer, it, it's come to the point where it's like it's frustrating. Like, I'm, I'm I'm scrolling down my Twitter timeline, and people that are not even Bucks fans are, like, frustrated at the fact that Budenholzer, like, fails to make such, like, 
simple adjustments as like shorting your shorting shortening your rotation and like just changing the way you play defense on certain coverages against certain players who struggle against certain schemes um you have um you're not playing your main guys more than 35 minutes because you think 35 or 36 minutes is pushing the ceiling i mean this is ridiculous at this point in the playoffs yes bro budenholzer after game three they were asking him about why he doesn't play Giannis and middleton more than like 35 36 minutes he's like that's pushing the ceiling bro this is playoffs your back is against the wall you're about to get swept and you saying this nonsense like come on you got to play your best guys the best the most minutes because that's how you're gonna get the best outcome i think it's obvious that button hoser does not watch the playoffs because come, come on bro you, let's not forget when lebron literally had to play almost every minute in that finals bro every yeah. minute just to, just because it's effect on the court so I, I don't understand how you start to me you a star player you need 40 minutes in every playoff game as a star player facts 30 minutes is fine. 35 minutes is a lot. Don't get me wrong. But to me, minimum, you need at least you need at least 40 minutes as a star in this league in the playoff game. And it, also, and, okay, continue. also, think about this. You see in the Toronto games, the last two wins that they pulled out, Lowry has basically played like 46 minutes in each of those games. And he's 34 years old. Giannis is 25. Put that into perspective. That's, come on, bro. And... Something also I also noticed is why why did Giannis take less than fifteen shots in our first game when he had eighteen points like that that I think that's me. I think that's more of um that also has to do with coaching because that has to do with where Budenholzer draws up plays for where Giannis has to catch the ball. One thing I noticed is that Giannis is more effective when he's able to catch the ball towards the free throw line because they can't build the wall around the restricted area because they'll get like. Uh, I think defensive three seconds or whatever, but yeah, they can't build the wall around the restricted area. So when he catches the ball by the free throw line, it's an easier basket. What Giannis was doing more in game one, I don't know why Budenholzer drew things up like this, but Giannis was standing around the three point line and people are not going to respect him there. And it's easier to build the wall around there. So he was catching, he was getting a lot of his, he was, he was starting a lot of his offensive possessions around the, the top of the key around the three point line. And that's just not going to work because they're just going to build up the wall and you're not going to be able to um, convert. But, um, yeah, Rico, how are you feeling about, um, I guess, Budenholzer and, like, the Bucks overall as a team? As a team, I feel like, honestly, I feel like we've all been, like, watching the Bucks put up this facade. I feel like season after, like, last season, we I feel like every like every year we see the Bucks, we're like, okay, they're doing a little better. You know, they got some shooters. Chris Middleton, he shows flashes of either being that second guy or not being that second guy. Mm-hmm. And then it gets to the playoffs, and then we're just reminded again that Giannis literally just tries to drive to the basket and throw it on everybody. And if that doesn't work, he doesn't score. And mm-hmm. I feel like the Bucks have been trying to hide that fact the same way the Sixers have been hiding the fact that Simmons can't shoot. But I just feel like, the way the Bucks is going right now is either they're gonna have to like fire Budenholzer and then like try to reorganize like the entire offense around Giannis. Cause right now, with the way they have it going with Bledsoe and like Middleton, I don't know if it's gonna work. And if Giannis leaves, then they gotta they gotta blow the roster up. <laughs> yeah, and um one thing I I I I'm realizing right now, I'm like, these guys really chose Eric Bledsoe over Malcolm Brogdon. 
in the offseason, basically, which is like nuts. Because when you see what Malcolm Brogdon did for this team, especially in the playoffs last year, offensively and defensively, offensively, he was he was a playmaker. He was able to create off the dribble, something that Eric Bledsoe cannot do consistently. And then defensively, I think Brogdon was on, I think he was guarding Kawhi Leonard, if I'm not mistaken, for a lot of possessions last year. So, I mean, when you take away that kind of role, that type of piece on a team, it leaves such a glaring hole. And we're seeing that, especially with the way Budenholzer runs the team in the playoffs. So, yeah, I just one thought thing, that was very interesting. One thing I feel like we didn't mention is the Heat and how they're playing. Um, yeah, they're playing great. The Heats have definitely, like, come on, bro. Like, they're, they're, they're stepping out. They're showing us that they're a team that can compete, bro. They look like a championship team. Jimmy Butler's playing that leadership role. He's fun. He scored 40. Mind you, I'm not going to lie. This is probably one of his, like, I think scoring-wise this season, he hasn't been doing that well. But yeah, shout out to um Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. They definitely have been doing a thing. Can't you really cannot tell their rookies when they play, bro? Like it's it's so hard to tell that they're rookies, the way they put on. Well, the actually, way... one one thing about Duncan Robinson is Duncan Robinson's actually not a rookie. Okay, this is his second year in the league, but a lot wow. of people don't remember because last year he spent a lot of time between the G League and the main Heat team, and he was he actually struggled from three point range. He was he was shooting like twenty something percent from three, so. Well, but I yeah, don't know, man. Whatever helped him. I don't know. If, I don't know if he caught Corona and it gave him a boost. I don't wow. know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I, I doubt. I doubt it's that because he he was actually a pretty good shooter in um in Michigan. So. Mm. Yeah. But I don't know what caused him to start shooting like this. But whatever it is, obviously he's gonna keep him in the league the way he's playing. I feel like every NBA team would want a Duncan Robinson right now. The oh, way he's for been sure. Playing. Imagine him on a team like Golden State. Oh, yeah, that'd be... No, please, no. God forbid. <laughs> God forbid. Don't even do that. Don't even do that to us, NBA. Don't even do that. <laughs> but um, Tyler Hero, too, very confident. One thing about Tyler Hero that stands out to me is that his layup game, bro. Like I feel like his shooting is so good that we forget that how like how well he could make layups. His finishing ability is up there, bro. Mm-hmm. And his playmaking sure. ability, too, for sure, like... His playmaking abilities also slept on, I, I think. Sometimes they run him at, like, backup point because, I don't know if you noticed, they haven't been giving Kendrick Nunn many minutes because he's actually been, like, struggling a lot since he entered the bubble. So, mm. I mean, he came to the bubble kind of late, so it was kind of expected low-key for him to not get, like, settled right away. Not to mention he's also still a rookie, too. So, mm. I mean, not not a big excuse because Tyler Hero stepping up, but I feel like he'll find he probably find it on in the next round or something, you know, because Kendrick Dunn is very talented as a player. Um. Also, one person we're forgetting to mention is um Goran Dragic. Oh yes, he's, yeah, he's he playing stepped good. up his oh, game yes. major. Oh yeah, major from there from the regular Play, season. Playoff Dragic is is definitely a monster. Playoff Dragic has been a monster. I think he's been one of the main keys to the Heat's success, if not the main key next to Butler and Robinson. Yeah, for sure. I see him come in. He's spark- like every game. He's guaranteed to give you something every game. Today he-, he actually struggled though, so I think that's meant one of the main reasons why the Heat lost too. I gotta be that. That's pop. That has to be the main reason because he's been playing great. He has been playing great. So shout out to Dragic. Uh, he's he's like, been averaging like, like twenty three per game. He's one of the forgotten players in the NBA, right? Well, to me, he was kind of forgotten when he went to the bench, but now you know he's making a name. 
Steffi back out there. He do his thing. Proud of and him rightfully as well. So. Proud of him. For sure. And shout out to Eric Spolstra for being our coach, bro. Solid, he, solid coach. I feel like I feel like he's good as a coach, but he's like still underrated as a coach. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot yeah, of people attach his, a lot of people attach his success to like LeBron, LeBron mm-hmm. and Dwayne Wade. And like they just don't realize like when even when he doesn't have stars, he can still produce a really Yeah, great. but now we're seeing the true now we're really seeing the the, the um the brilliance of Eric Spolstra. Oh, because for sure. now when you look at his team, you're like, um, you still play as Jimmy Butler, bro. And you're over here killing the MVP, the first mm-hmm. seed, bro. And you still play as Jimmy Butler. His second, the second best player in that team is Bam, bro. Oh, we even said nothing about Bam, but Bam. Yeah. He's yeah. been playing good, too. Today oh, he had a different. career playoff high, I think 26 points. Like, Oof. I forgot how many rebounds, how many blocks, but he was, he was doing his thing out there. So See, Shout out to Bam, too, but... Yeah, like when your second best player is Bam, your first best player is Jimmy Butler, and you're killing the first seed is like it gotta be more than it gotta be more than just a team, bro. It gotta be coaching, it gotta be other it gotta be other factors into it. And and I, I saw something on Twitter, someone was saying how since there's no home court advantage, coaching is the main advantage now at this point. And if mm. you have if you have a coach that's not gonna make adjustments, that's not gonna willing to try things and and, and want to really win and You'll you'll really see it on the court, and you're seeing it with a team like the Bucks with Budenholzer, a coach who's known notoriously to not make adjustments. Um, and then you got the other three coaches: you got Spolstra, you got Nurse, and you got Brad Stevens. All great, brilliant coaches that are left. You'd figure that the Bucks would be at a disadvantage against all those guys when it comes to coaching because of the um, because of who their coach is. Mm-hmm. For sure, Budenholzer. Um. Definitely, that 35-minute thing puts a question mark by his brilliance because it's playoff time, Brody. It's, it's no better time than to play your, your, your favorite players. We're not your, your best players 30 minutes, 40 minutes. There's no better time than now. If, if, if there is a time to play it during the regular season, I don't really agree with them playing so much minutes, you know? But if, yeah. there, is, if, if there is a time to play your players, your best players over 40 minutes, it's, damn, it's now. Facts. Time is now. Especially when you're but, down three zip, it's now, bro. What better time than to switch something up, you know? But I mean, it's probably too little, too late at this point, because you know, oh, no, he tried. He, fi- he finally oh, yeah. did it today, but you know, next game because Giannis, Giannis is out, is I guess. Probably, most likely, yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, Giannis is wilding before he got got out the game. Don't get me wrong. He yeah, 18. he had like 19, 19 points. Yeah, he was he was on the road for forty points. He looked like he wanted to win that game today, but sadly, you know, things happened. He he was questionable. It's it's been weird to me. One more thing I had to mention before we start talking about the Bucks. It's been weird to me how so far, like that the star players get injured during elimination games all of a sudden, like Damian Lillard, that 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 threw me off. Then same thing with Giannis. It just, it just so, be happening, man. So it was like it was that was kind of weird, but seeing that he actually got injured today, maybe he wasn't really bluffing. So yeah, I mean, you you know Giannis. Giannis is the type to make no excuses too. So you know he's gonna come out there and play regardless, even Which if he's true. hurt or not. I I could definitely defend that fact. So yes, I could defend that fact. Giannis does want to play. He so yeah. All right, so let's get into Toronto versus Boston, a series that I thought was gonna be done really quickly, honestly especially after the first two games. 
And then we got game three. OG Ananobi hits this his hits the game winner with 0.5. And now we're tied 2-2 after game four. Jalen Brown had a horrible game. He shot horribly. Um Kemba Walker didn't take that many shots. And um Jason Tatum, I don't think he played all that well either. So I mean the 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 Celtics are basically they're they were basically 0.5 seconds away from basically winning the series maybe at this point and now they're going to a game five tied 2-2 um one quote I have here from F um Fred from Fred Van Vliet after game three he was like um he was like the Celtics they effed up by um giving them life so we'll see what happens with game five how are we feeling about this series so far um, I will say, uh, when I was watching the um the last game where they lost, when there's like point five seconds left, mm-hmm. before they lost and before they lost, I said that the Celtics were definitely gonna end up sweeping the Raptors too, but then I felt like right after they ended up giving the Raptors that one win, I felt like they now had the momentum to shift the game from being like a four game series to like me maybe six or seven, because I felt like before that game. The Raptors still needed a game where they all played well with Siakam playing good, Van Vliet playing good, the entire unit basically. Mm-hmm. And that that game happened to come right after they after, right after the Celtics lost that one. Yep. Clutched on. So it's definitely looking like it might be a seven game series just because of the momentum the Raptors got right now. Definitely. Um prior to the series, I called um Celtics in seven. So you know, I did, change, I did change. I did change. I did change yesterday to six, and then they won again. So I was like, "Yep, back to seven. So I still <laughs> got my Celtics in seven. Um, I, it was looking like a sweep. I ain't gonna lie. The way it was moving, it looked like a sweep because they got that lucky win. To me, that 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 game winner was lucky to me. Oh, for like, sure. I thought it was lucky too. That was very lucky, and it actually saved their um playoff run for sure. Because now you know it's tied up. It's gonna be an interesting Part- series to see. For sure. Part of a champion right there. Yeah. Shout out to um Ananobi for that shot because I did not see that coming. I was at work. I was like, wow, the Celtics about to win again. And then here goes Ananobi just shutting me up. So um, I, d- I do not want to see Kyle Laurie in the finals again. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I- I'm not interested in seeing – I'm not interested at all – we got some we got some listeners up in Canada, so you know they'll they'll be probably a little bit offended by hearing that. I'm but. sorry, Canada. I am not a Kalori fan. Okay, I'm sorry. He sometimes it's nothing against him personally. I'm just not a fan, so I, I do not want to see your boy. I don't mind seeing the Raptors. Like Siakam and them cool, but just leave Kalori in Brooklyn or something. Leave him over here with us and go to the playoffs. Take, take game, <laughs> right? We cannot. I cannot stand to see. Carl Laurie with a ring and Chris Paul just walking around without nothing. So, <laughs> and I am not a CP3 fan. I'm just hurt that Carl Laurie got a ring before CP3. So, I think I think we all feel you on that one. And speaking of CP3, I actually want to mention this. I I think I tweet I put it I put it on Facebook and I tweeted it. I was like, it seems like the move for the Bucks this offseason would probably be to get CP3. I mean, you use him as your late game closer. He could be a playmaker for you. You know he's gonna bring some defensive intensity as well. So you know, I don't know how the contracts work out, who they send over there and whatnot, but I feel like that's the move. I feel you, but at the same time, if I'm if I'm CP3, I'm going to LA. 
<laughs> I'm <Nah>. weak. <laughs> but nah, I could definitely see him going to the Bucks because I feel like a floor general like that could, you know, help space the floor. Because I mean, when what we saw CP3 do with that, with do with that Thunder roster, even like seeing players like Lou Dort, like players are just consistently getting better game after game playing with Chris Paul on the floor. For so sure. I feel like he can definitely help that team out. Maybe, you know. I don't know, space the floor a little bit for Giannis, throw him some lobs. I mean, pick a roll with Giannis would be scary, too. Oof, so. with Chris Paul and Giannis pick a roll, that would be nasty. Oh, yeah. my gosh. One thing I got to say, my Oklahoma City got cheated out of uh, sec- the second round. <laughs> that's facts, that's facts. We, oh, yeah, we, that never got, we never even got to talk about that game. No, we did not. We did not <laughs> get to talk about that game. My Oklahoma City Thunder... Got cheated out of a second round, and you know it's disgusting. But I now nah, you know what's funny. It's funny because Rockets fans claim that um, Scott Foster hates them the most. But Scott Foster before the game told Chris Paul, he was like, "Yo, I refereed your game, your game seven against the Spurs where you lost. So remember that." Like that's <laughs> yeah, that, yo, that's that's that's, that's, that's some evil stuff right there. What? He don't deserve a job, bro. What? <laughs> That's some oh, evil stuff. So, right listeners, there. listeners, I want you to pay attention to my OKC being blackballed by Mr. Yeah. Scott Fast. Yo, bro, what? Excuse me? On yeah, yo, uh, on God, if I was Chris Paul, I would have called up the commissioner and said, "Yo, bro, you hear this man, bro? This man, <laughs> this, this man just admitted to me he made me lose. That's what I don't care. What he, I I know he didn't say, oh, I made you lose.'" But, but yeah, he reminded was, him. He was like, yo, I ref- I refereed the last game seven that you lost in. So just remember that, pal. So it's like, yo, bro, excuse me, bro. Excuse me. Mr. Scott Foster, when I see you, bro, don't let me come to arena and see you, bro. Do do <laughs> not do not reference Brooklyn. That's all I'm gonna say, bro. Don't reference Brooklyn, bro. Because how <laughs> dare you? How dare nah. you? How are nah, you what? so bold? <laughs> when I nah. saw that quote. When I saw that quote, I was like, nah, that's like that, that's some evil stuff right there. Bro, so basically he just said, Yeah, I cheated you out your your last series and I'm gonna do it again. <laughs> Cause bro, I just said we got cheated, and that's what he I didn't even know he said that, bro. Yeah, he did. I didn't how dare he say that? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, CPT capping, bro. Ain't no way you let that man know. Scott F- NBA, I need y'all to look at. I need y'all to investigate. They have to investigate this, bro. They have to. Mad people have been complaining about Scott Foster, and that's um, that's Tim Donahue's buddy. You know Tim Donahue, the guy that was um, the one that um claimed that um all those refs were like um betting on games, and I think he himself was doing it, and 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 that and that's why they were like cheating, and that's why they were making certain calls to cheat for certain teams. But yo, that that's disgusting. That is disgusting, bro. <laughs> wow, you see people true colors every day, bro. <laughs> Facts. Cause what? what does that what does that even mean? Let's con- yeah, let's continue before I get upset, bro. Well, yeah. Um, back to um, Toronto versus Boston. Very interesting series. Now, I mean, the the Raptors. I feel like they made an adjustment with the way they played um defense, especially guarding um certain um like they blitzed at um Jason Tatum a lot when he was coming off screens. Um, and that kind of disrupted him, especially in game three. That's why he had that really bad game. And like, I would t- hate to get blitzed in real life. I would hate that. And it, and they kept it they kept it coming a little bit in, in game four as well. 
Um, Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam finally both had a good game. I know a lot of people have been saying, like, where's Siakam? A lot of people have been comparing him to um, basically saying he's like a smaller version of um, Giannis on um, Toronto. <laughs> no, he's, yeah, he's a, he's a wacky Giannis. <laughs> I, think, I think someone said that. I don't know if it was you or Dev that said that on this, on this podcast a couple weeks ago. But someone said that he's like a wacky honest, like with that spin move. Yeah, it's like yeah. They, yeah, they call him a Beyblade. They call them Beyblades. Hey yo, <laughs> yeah, uh, wacky honest is funny. That's a funny one right there. <laughs> but yeah, um, he finally had a good game. I mean, the one thing a lot of Raptors fans I seen I noticed on my Twitter timeline complain about is him posting up because. He, I there was a, there was this one possession that stuck out the most. He tried to post up Jalen Brown and basically got nowhere. And then he tried to put up a little hook shot over him. And yeah, basically, yep, basically. And it. um, <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people don't like that because they feel like his game is better suited for him to be a face up because he's so fast. He's quicker like that. But he likes to do the um he's the post African, up into the bro. baseline baseline spin. And you know, it, that's not always gonna work. And that's easy to kind of game plan against. So you know. Man, he's getting a lot of people get a lot of people get exposed in the playoffs. So, you know, a lot of people and and a lot of people feel like he's not suited to be a number one option. I feel like he was kind of shoehorned into that position because Kawhi left the way he did after that remarkable run last year. So he had he kind of had no choice but to be the number one option because it was like, who's going to be the number one option? Is it going to be Kyle Lowry Lowry, or is it going to be Fred Van Vliet? I mean... So no, no, uh, sorry, but if Kyle Lowry is your first option, yeah, that's all I gotta say. Um, continue. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's he's not a consistent first option, but you could rely on him for like a game or two in the playoffs. But like, yeah, um, a lot of people are wondering like, is Pascal finally gonna be that guy? I mean, I I still don't think Pascal is that guy, and I feel like it's still gonna be a collective effort from Toronto for them to win, but. I don't know. I trust I trust Boston's wings just a little bit more. I know the Raptors have been there before as a championship team, but I just feel like overall talent is going to win out in the end. And I feel like the 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 Celtics have the more talented wings in this in, in this scenario. So, yeah, I feel like coaching wise, Nick Nurse is a good coach, but Brad Stevens is there with him. So, and yeah. talent wise, Celtics definitely got it talent wise. So and, and and Kemba said himself he has to be better because he's only took I think like nine shots this this past game so yeah he's got to be more aggressive. Yeah, Kemba got to realize that he is one of the veterans, if not the main veteran on that team. So he's yeah. the one that's supposed to be stepping up. I know he's not used to the playoffs, which is understandable. He's barely been there, but at the same time, while you're there, make something of it. You know, make yep. a name for yourself. Look at Jamal Murray making a name for himself, bro. Make showing that he's worth the money that he got signed for. Yep. That we were talking about early in the season. We were saying, oh, Jamal Murray, you got to show up. I remember in January, we were talking about <laughs> yeah, that. I remember for sure we were talking about Jamal Murray. I I was one. I'm always a huge criticizer of Jamal Murray because I'm such a huge fan of him. And I see the potential in his game. I feel mm-hmm. like he could be like a, a Dame Light kind of player. Well, we, like We, we got to get back to that, to the West soon. So Yeah, we are going to talk about the West in a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, we could talk about them right now because... um. Sure. I will get into the Lakers game after we talk about the Clippers series because the game is close to ending, so we might be able to talk about it before we finish here. So, um, Kawhi, fi- mm-hmm. Kawhi finally had a bad game in the playoffs, and I know the I know the timeline couldn't wait for Kawhi to have a bad game because Kawhi has basically been 
a machine this playoffs. Mid-range machine, just killing. I mean, unstoppable once he gets to his spots, and he knows where his spots are. Um, but yeah, he uh, he was four for seventeen. Um, couldn't really buy a basket, but we know that's not gonna last. Um, Murray and Jokic had a a very solid first half the last game. They set the tone early on. Um, Murray had twenty first half points, and Jokic had twenty four first half points, and they were just lights out from three. Um. And down the stretch, as it got kind of tight, um, Jokic was able to find Gary Harris for some from for some clutch threes to help expand the lead and keep the distance between them. Paul George didn't play that well offensively, seven for nineteen shooting. <laughs> but yeah, I think this has to be something with with Paul George mentally. I think because I mean he said himself the bubble's been getting to him. I know their families are here in the bubble now, so I mean that should take a little bit of the ease off their minds of what to do during their off time and whatnot. But I mean, Danny Green kind of alluded to it. He was like, you know, we're all, we're all on our phones all day. And when we get on the internet, all we see is these guys just bashing us. So, I mean, it it, it gets to you. And I guess I could feel them on that a little bit, but I mean, you guys are professionals and you should be used to the, to the, to the criticism at this point, but yeah, go ahead, Rico. They need to stop shooting full whites. Paul George <laughs> and Danny Green, like, like Paul George, like he's like his mechanics are so smooth. Like I feel like every time I see Paul George go up for a basket, I'm like, all right, this looks That's like a butter. Good yeah, it looks like it's butter, and then he goes up, and it's just a brick, and he just keeps <laughs> he just keeps building houses, and it's not, and it's like he consistently builds houses because it's like he. <laughs> Paul George is either on fire or he's cold, and like I don't know what he, I don't know what's going on with him, man. It's clearly not the shoulders no more because he got a new shoulder. So now, nah, but he I keeps he keeps icing them after each game, though. You gotta remember that he he iced them after the last game. I saw I saw the post game. No one saw it, <laughs> but I saw he iced them again. So no, why is PJ Tucker snagging on two of the centers on the Lakers? All right, because Sorry the Lakers that. centers are soft, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Sorry about um, that, but um. <laughs> Ka- Kawhi has been killing. I saw mm-hmm. his bad game. I didn't say much, you know. You can't. I feel like a hypocrite. I can't sit there and be like, "Oh, Kawhi did this and that." I mean, he's been wilding, bro. So he he's do a bad game, bro. Everyone's do a bad yeah. game in the playoffs. Every stars do one bad game to me in every series, one minimum. Not in the game sevens though. Game sevens, you have to step it up. Game sevens, you cannot have a bad game. But I feel like every stars do have James one bad Harden. game. <laughs> Oh gosh, um, yeah, but um, <laughs> that's definitely one thing. PG, no words. Uh, like at this point, you got to realize that excuses are gonna be there, but no one's gonna listen to them. So Facts. either you step it up, or you become a meme, bro. You gotta understand, playoff time. Everyone is watching you. You will become a meme for anything. For anything. So when you're playing like doodle and you're making tour dates, <laughs> you're making tour dates every time you go on the court, you can't expect people to be like, oh, you know, maybe the bubble is um kind of tough. You know, all you do is play basketball. No. Because to us, what we see is a bunch of basketball players with nothing else to focus on but basketball, bro. That's what we see, you know? Maybe, maybe it's just too much for them. Maybe it's too much ball for them, though. And I can see, I can see that being a problem mentally, 
Because too much of one thing is never good. So I understand that. But at the same time, when you're a professional and you're making millions, not 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 like little thousands of dollars, you're making millions. And not, not to mention, you're a superstar. You got that superstar contract. So you're making million millions. You're expected to step it up, bro. Like, we don't, like when you're getting paid over whatever amount he's getting, we expect nothing but good games from you. We, we're not expecting you to go three from 15, three nights in a row, bro. We're not paying. We're not, you know, you're not getting paid to do that, bro, respectfully. So, yes, I get it. It's hard mentally, and you're right. And I see one thing I do have to address about the mental thing. I need people to not take that lightly, though. Don't take yeah, that's a, that's a serious issue. Like people are all here joking about, oh, he depressed, he get paid millions of dollars. Like, I understand, like I understand, it's funny and stuff, but at the same time, let's be on, let's let's be real, y'all. Mental issues are real, and we have to address that. I know that's a lot I know of NBA players deal with it too. Yes, I know we joke around about it a lot, but at the same time, please be aware of mental, like please be aware of how serious it is. Uh, yeah, it's mental, very serious. Mental health is no joke. Mental health is serious. So, at the same time, Paul George, I, I understand, but we we need you to step it up, bro. Yeah, you can't be playoff piss every night. You can't. You can't he, be he, playoff yeah, porta potty and expect, you know, people to say good things about to you, be, bro. To be fair, though, he did have a good game one, and they killed Denver in game one, which is one of the main reasons a lot of people are like, yo, um, we were like, yo, Clippers might take this in, like, five or whatever. But and now, I you said, know... I said dub. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> Continue. But yeah, I mean, I feel like this series could go like a, a calm six. six. Mm-hmm. Calm six. six. Like I feel like it could go a calm six because you know, um, with the way um Jokic, if Jokic comes out and plays like the way he did today, I mean not today, but like the way he did the last game, and Murray can be as consistent. Not saying he has to score as much points as he did in the Utah series but be as consistent as he was in the Utah series, especially for those last three three games it was, I think, three or four games it was. If he can be as consistent as he was in that series, I feel like they could make they could make this a very competitive series and it won't be like game one every single game. For sure, for sure. Um, also, one more thing. Marcus Morris. I don't, I don't like that dirtiness he's been doing. I understand his playoff basketball. Yeah, I, 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 I definitely did not appreciate what he's we didn't getting, talk about it last week. So we didn't talk about it last week, but I didn't appreciate what he did to Luca. I don't care if he's been giving you forty every game and a triple double. What you? That's not right, bro. I understand yeah. rough basketball and piston. This is not. This is not Michael Jordan, bro. It's Luca Doncic. Stop treating him like he's. I mean, he's on the road to be better than Jordan right now. Don, the way he's been playing. Doncic rules. The yeah, the dunch, the dunch it rules. I understand, <laughs> but at the same time, it's not right, bro. At first, y'all calling him white boy and this and that, and then y'all over here trying to kill him. Come on, man. He don't deserve all of that, bro. He's only in his second year. I understand y'all can't guard him, so y'all upset. But that's not okay, bro. That's not okay. I mean, the Clippers are kind of getting sort of a little reputation now of kind of being a. I don't want to say dirty because I don't really think they're necessarily trying to be dirty, or at least all of them. I think like guys like Kawhi and PG, they're just trying to hoop. I don't know about the other guys like nah, I Patrick, think Patrick Beverly and fight. Morris. <laughs> I think he want to fight every game. Yeah, Pat Pat be on that heavy, heavy, heavy black force, black Air Force yes, energy, bro. 
I feel like he pumped NBA Youngboy before the game, during the game, after the game. <laughs> he, I don't know. He's I don't know, bro. Something about that man. But he definitely got some work to do. But I, Patrick Beverly was actually pretty big for them in um game. Was it game one or game two? But it was one of the games. He was playing really well, like hustling, scoring, and and playmaking. And he, he, I think it was game one. Game one, yeah, it was game one. He was hounding, hounding Jamal Murray defensively, and Jamal Murray just looked like he could take no more of it because he would get Patrick Beverly off of him, and then Kawhi Leonard was there, and then Kawhi <laughs> Leonard was off of him, and then Marcus Morris was there, and like he just couldn't get a look, and it was really bothering him. Game one, I know. Game two, they kind of he kind of adjusted, and they kind of got loose and i think also on the clippers side for game two the clippers they get they have this thing where they get too comfortable after a, a big win and then they'll come out and lay an egg the next like they think they, they think they've made it already and you haven't you haven't won anything just because you got Kawhi don't mean that you guaranteed a win like you still got to come out and put out that effort so they be getting too cocky I mean, they have a lot of talent on our roster, so I don't blame they them. They do, but you got to show up and you got to win. You can't just automatically have the talent and just, like, think you got it in the bag. And last series we're going to talk about is Lakers versus Rockets. Right now, it's fourth quarter as we're recording. Lakers up by eight. Um, Lakers did a better job coming out this game with more energy. I don't know if the, the, um, the black Kobe jerseys gave them an attribute – um, boost like they did in the Portland series. I, I think it did. Um, we saw Morris come out Kobe. on fire. Facts, R.P. Kobe. Um, we saw Morris come out on fire, hitting had twelve points in three minutes in the first quarter. Um, and they were just more active defensively, and they were just giving more effort. Something that they lacked a lot of in game one. And I do have a quote from James Harden that I do want to say that I do want to read about um from from James Harden in game game um one. He says, "You can be seven feet tall, but if you don't have heart, it doesn't matter. If you don't have that dog in you, it doesn't matter." And so, and in the tweet, he's it, uh, the reporter says he also said almost the exact same thing February sixth in the Staples Center locker room. I, I assume that's a, after a game against the Lakers. And um, this is not the first time people have called out Anthony Davis for being soft. I have been on record multiple times on social media calling him soft. Um, I think Patrick Beverly also said something along the same lines of James Harden. And a lot of people in the league, they notice it. I mean, they see something, they're going to call, they're going to say something about it. They're not going to say it directly to you, but they're going to say it in the media and everybody else is going to know it's about you. So, um, yeah, game one, Anthony Davis 26 minutes, I think he was matched up on P.J. Tucker. Couldn't score on him at all, zero points. So, um, obviously, we're seeing now in this game, I think Anthony Davis is having a bit more luck. I know he did score on him early in the game, and he had something to say to P.J. about it. But how are we feeling about this series overall? I would say, I would I say, I definitely got the Lakers winning in like five or six. Nah, I'd say six. And... Mostly what I've been seeing in the series is just, you know, Westbrook has been playing crazy. Uh, Anthony Davis, he has to drive to the basket more. He has to abuse, like, that matchup between him and P.J. Tucker. But he I feel can't because like, he's soft. Yeah, I feel like he's been facing up too much. I mean, granted, his face-up game is nice, but I feel like 
uh, where he succeeds is that, you know, whenever he gets the ball in like a catch and shoot situa- situation and they kind of like rush at him, when he shows the ball like that, you know, he has the ability to either make that jump shot or just blow by you. So I feel like in this series, he just needs to, you know, not wait for the defender, wait for the defense to shift towards him. He just kind of like, he just kind of has to act instead of just waiting for somebody to come to him and then settling for a jump shot because then he's just going to lose because the Rockets the Rockets literally run their entire scheme is just to like crash the board, get a rebound, and then outlet the ball. And it's like, if you take that, if you settle for that jump shot, you're not going to be down there to rebound. So PJ Tucker and everyone else who's already working hard to get that board is going to get that board, and then it's just it's just not going to go well for them, honestly. Yeah. One thing I gotta say is, um, shout out to PJ Tucker, bro. Because <laughs> Facts. how old is he? He look like he's sixty-seven, bro. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> Now, PJ Tucker's up there in age. He's he got drafted a while ago, bro. He so. looked like he's sixty seven, bro. So, and <laughs> no, Russell Russell shot a three. Why? He's thirty five. He's wow. See, he's thirty five. So, shout out to PJ Tucker for giving these young bucks, you know, some problems, bro. Like you, thirty five, giving a generational talent some some problems, bro. That that gotta sit well with you going to sleep, bro. Like. You're giving Anthony Davis. This is the same Anthony Davis who dropped 60 points and like 15 rebounds. The same AD, first draft pick. You're giving him problems in a playoff series. So shout out to him. I also want to shout out D'Antoni for um getting the system to somehow work, bro. Because when this first came out, all I feel like everybody was like, yo, bro, you have no center, bro. How are you going to yeah. win games? And here you guys are. Given when he's given the top seed in a conference a problem right now. So shout out to Mike. Um, one thing I gotta say, I feel like the Rockets have been kind of worse with Russell Westbrook on the court in the playoffs. <laughs> really? Yeah. Russell Westbrook making a team worse. Oh my gosh! Basketball court. Oh, Whoa! Oh my gosh! This is so unheard of. Oh my! Oh my goodness! <laughs> this, this is unheard of. Russell Westbrook making a team worse, but yes. I feel like Russell Westbrook has been kind of worse on the court with the Rockets. Yeah, right now in this game, he's a minus 13, and he has 9 points, 11 rebounds, 4 for 15 shooting, 1 for 7 from 3. So I guess I noticed in, in this for, uh, for, for, de- for defense. I, I would assume so. I mean, in this series, I noticed he's been taking a lot of jumpers. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I think I don't know if he's trying to stay away from the rim because he knows the Lakers have size down there, but yeah, he's been taking a lot of jumpers. Um, but he he did have a good game one, I believe. He had a good game one. Um, him West, him Harden and Gordon combined for eighty three points. Well, so. good would be a opinion because I think he shot like twenty shots and got twenty points. 24 shots on 24 points on 24 shots. Yeah, so good is an opinion. They won the game. <laughs> so that's what counted. They won the game. Harden had a great game. And what Harden was doing a lot and what the Rockets were doing a lot were they they were just attacking the rim a lot and they were getting a lot of layups because they kind of caught Lakers defense. Lakers defense was really lazy in game one. Like they weren't really rotating with the speed that they were rotating to start, especially this game, game two. But game one. They started off really slow, and by the second half, I mean it was basically game over. Um, mm. 
I have some stuff here in my notes that I did want to talk about. Oh, uh, yeah. So mainly my notes are about like PJ Tucker and Anthony Davis. And we kind of spoke about that AD settling for those jumpers. And today he's actually pretty, playing pretty well. 34 points. Um, um, Harden and Westbrook, they got to the rim a lot. Um, Kuzma was basically a non-factor on defense. Um, also a lot, a big part of game one was just like trying to get production elsewhere from LeBron and Anthony Davis, because those are the only two guys on the court that the Rockets were really respecting in game one. They were basically leaving everyone else open and saying, we dare you to beat us with anyone but LeBron. Which is foolish. Which is foolish because that's one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. If that, if they specialize in anything, it's three-point shooting, which is why I said the Lakers were going to have trouble with them because they can't shoot for their lives. No, I'm talking about the, the, the Rockets defensively. We're just like, we're going to leave everyone open. But oh, okay. LeBron I mixed up what you said. I'm sorry. I mixed yeah. up what you said. Yeah, okay. they were like, we're going to let anyone else beat, beat us besides LeBron and AD. LeBron was not assertive at all in game one. We see today in game two that he's playing with a lot more intensity. But, um, yeah, game one, I mean, Danny Green, more like Danny Full White. Um, KCP, <laughs> more like KCP's of shit. Oh, my um, gosh. <laughs> and um Rondo Rondo's Rondo I know Raja a lot of people have this <laughs> I know okay. a lot of people have this image of Rondo in their head of being a positive on the basketball court, especially when it comes to playoff time. But in during his whole Lakers tenure, he's actually been a negative on the court for them. I mean, especially in game one, they were Lakers were just like I mean Rockets were basically like, I dare you, I dare you to shoot, I dare you to score. We're going to go guard Anthony Davis and load up on LeBron. And it worked. And, I mean, Rondo isn't the same he is defensively either on that side of the ball. But, I mean, today he kind of showed a little bit differently, especially in the first quarter. He really brought the intensity on defense, getting a lot of steals, getting Marcus Morris, um, Markeith Morris involved early on. So the Lakers did get a lot of a lot more contributions in game two, which is still going on um, from – Kuzma, Rondo, and Morris. So that that's something that we we have to look f- for in the um future games as well. But how, 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 you guys gave your predictions on this series, right? Well, I got. Well, I didn't. I think I I have to go the Lakers this series though. I would say in six. Or oh, yeah, seven. this game is basically over now. We can fin- we can fully talk about this. Lakers won this game. Series tied one one. So you know. As I expected, the Lakers, the, the same intensity I saw the Lakers come out with in this game, I thought they were going to come out in game one. Maybe it's due to them having so much time off and they needed to get reacclimated to game speed, I guess. That's my only thing I could think about because this game, they did come out with the intensity. And Rockets, they were fresh off of game seven. So, you know, they kind of kind of kept with the intensity that they've been with. So Works in both favors, I guess, for both teams. But True. It's, it's been a good matchup to me. Just seeing how the tallest NBA team go against one of the, sh- the shortest NBA, not one of the shortest NBA team. So seeing that matchup and seeing what's one thing that bothered me for the Lakers is how the rebounding was so equal, bro. It's, I, yeah, I, that speaks to what um, James Harden was saying. You could be seven feet tall, but if you if you don't got the heart in you, if you don't got no dog, then you're not gonna want it as much as we want it. Yeah, and bro, we want it more. I think they both have 41 rebounds total. I might be bugging the first game yeah. together. Yeah, like, 
as the Lakers, you should be ashamed of yourself. You should be ashamed of yourself. But shout out to Lakers. They came out today and they got the win. So, you know. Which which we expected. Which we expected. But um that was that was disappointing to see how I got the same amount of rebounds as the shortest team in the NBA. That speaks up a lot. That 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 shows yeah true colors there right there. To me, in my eyes. Like, yeah, I definitely gotta step that up if y'all gonna win. I don't think it's gonna Listen, the clip that clip I don't know if it's gonna be Clippers and Lakers, Clippers and Nuggets. Oh, I said Clippers and um Nuggets and Lakers, but that's gonna be an interesting series to see. That's what that's what I'm gonna say. I can't wait for the second round. I mean, what I also wanted to add, like what if what if we never get what if we don't get the that LA matchup in the conference finals? What if we get what if we get the Nuggets and what if we get the Rockets? And then what if Jimmy Butler somehow leads the Heat to like a chip on some D Wade shit? Like who like you never know what might happen. <laughs> the timeline would not be happy. That's what so I I'm know. <laughs> a lot of fans, a lot of casual fans probably wouldn't be happy, but I think a lot of them, like people that look into the game more than just like looking at box scores and watching first take and highlights and stuff like that, they'd probably be a little more interested because I mean, that provides for a series where you're the unpredictable can happen. I mean, you, you would be left guessing like what's going to happen in this series, what's going to happen here, what's going to happen there. And uh, I mean, I don't know how it would do for the NBA financially for not for them not to have any LA teams in the finals at all. So they have that incentive to um rig some games in that in that sense. <laughs> but um one thing, shout out to LeBron James for tying Derek Fisher for the most playoff wins of all time. Shout out to LeBron. Wow. Wait, hold shout on. Out. I do wanna say also, uh so uh this is LeBron's what, second second year on the Lakers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And his first year, he didn't make the playoffs because he got hurt, right? Yeah. Something along those lines. Along those lines. Along those lines, because the team was bad as well. I'm not going, I'm not trying to change that. Team but. wasn't that bad, but yeah. Decent. Yeah. So then, are we going to acknowledge that if LeBron gets to the finals again this year, that he's just been going to the finals regardless of the conference? You know, because if he goes, if he comes back to the finals again, that's like. I feel like at this point we gotta acknowledge that he's like an automatic going to this place, honestly. Yeah, Just but you know, you know how some fans are gonna be. They're gonna be like, "Oh, this is the bubble season; it don't count." And I already see a lot of people online saying that too. I mean, they're like, "Oh, there's no fans, there's no travel, there's no blah blah blah." And I feel like that shouldn't even matter because I feel like we're getting some of the purest forms of basketball that we're ever gonna see. No fans, no distractions, none of that. They're in a bubble. They got nothing else to do but focus on hoops purely that's it and we're getting the best versions of these players that we're ever gonna see so i feel like any people that have those excuses i mean that's on them for not being able to enjoy this product because i mean i'm enjoying the hell out of this stuff i don't know about anybody else but but yeah i feel like to your point rico about like if he does win in the west or if he even gets back to the finals in the west I feel like there's going to be those people that are, you know, you know, those people, they always move the goalposts. And I, I used to be one of those people, but you know, over time you mature and you, 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 you see different things, you see things differently and you, you have to just accept things for what they are. But yeah, I feel like there's going to be those people that move the goalposts and they're going to be like, Oh, you know, this is the bubble season. So, you know, it doesn't count. You know, there was no fans, blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. these games don't count. 
But I mean, I feel like I'm enjoying this brand of basketball. So I mean, I mean, if he gets to the finals again, I mean, props to him for taking this squad, especially if they get past the Clippers. I mean, if the Clippers are rolling on all cylinders like the way I, we expect them to in a conference finals matchup, if they get there, then I mean, hey, all power to 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 LeBron. I just I just I just don't like the toxic stands that can can see no wrong in any of their favorite players um game whatsoever. Yeah, I feel that. I just wanted to like just bring that up cuz I felt like it's something it's something that's worthy. It's it's something worth taking note cuz I feel like Yeah, for sure. We've always seen LeBron go to the He went to the finals like eight straight years or nine or something like that and like eight straight yeah, in the eight, east. Eight, yeah, and it's like now he's in the west. So if he does this in the west, I feel like there's only so much of I I agree with you like I I don't like people who stand LeBron and like you know just like make it seem like he like he's perfect, but I feel like He's he's doing some great. We're witnessing greatness right now. So we are, we are, and we gotta. We just gotta accept it for what it is. Even if you're not even a personal fan of him or whatnot, but um, I mean, he better take advantage of this opportunity right now because we got a lot of elite players coming back next year. We got um, Splash Brothers coming back, and you know they're gonna make the competition tough in the West. We got Katie and Kyrie coming back in the East. So even if he does make it out that West, he's gonna have to face Katie and Kyrie in in the finals, and that's gonna be that'll be a hell of a finals matchup. But, but yeah, we got we got a lot of comp coming back next year. So we got the Warriors coming back. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Imagine, oh imagine, a, imagine a Warriors Lakers conference finals for a chance to face right, KD and Kyrie. Hold on, we got the Warriors with the second pick in the draft. That's 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 a key piece right there. They could use that to trade. They could draft someone useful. I doubt they keep the pick. Honestly, in my opinion, I think that they actually move it for another piece. To add to um add to their championship aspirations, because I do feel like adding someone that young and inexperienced to a team that's that has championship aspirations that could be a lot on that player to ask for them to really contribute at a high level immediately. Unless it's like, and I don't even think even the best of the best in this class can contribute automatically to this team because they still have their flaws, like an Anthony Edwards or a Lamelo Ball. Like those guys, they have their they have their issues as well. So, from the Warriors, from the Warriors, I'm taking that. Well, they got second. Yeah, I'm the Warriors. I'm trading that second pick to Atlanta for Capella and just run it up. <laughs> now I don't even think though. I, I don't even think the Warriors would want a, a true center next year. I think they want to. I think the Warriors would want to kind of go back at the Rockets and be like. Oh, y'all think y'all could do this small ball thing? I bet we're gonna we're gonna see how who could do it the best. Cause I feel like they put Draymond at the five, and then they just run five out, and then their five out is way better than Houston's five out. So, word word. All right, that's it for today's episode. Make sure y'all check out the podcast website, the blog website, Twitter page, Instagram. All links will be in the description or show notes as usual make sure if you enjoyed today's episode make sure you leave a rating and a review it helps us out a lot and subscribe if you're new we're here mondays and fridays so we'll be back at y'all on friday peace